I don't know if you've ever heard the story about the mother trying to get her son up for church. I know as parents we can identify <laughs> with that. And uh, she, sh- she, sh- she shouted up the stairs, Tommy, it's time to get up. It's time to go to church. And after five minutes, there was no noise, no word of Tommy uh, getting up. And so she shouts again, Tommy, it's time for church. You're going to be late. To which he replied, oh, why should I? The meetings are boring. The worship is boring. The people don't talk to one another. Why should I go to church? And she responded, you're the pastor. (laughs) I just love coming to church. Praise God. Today I want to speak to you about fear. I, I, I do believe that many in our society and even as believers Uh, During the past 18 months, we have been living some in a state of fear and anxiety. Afraid to maybe get out. I know some people uh, can't come because they're shielding and we can understand that. But there are others maybe living in a state of fear. And I feel God would want to encourage us this morning that... We need to have wisdom. Not fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. It's been a a strange couple of years, or a strange 18 months. But thank God, our God's still in control, amen. Our God is in control. And I want to encourage you this morning, no matter what tomorrow holds, we know that God is in control. The enemy may try and paralyze us with fear, but we need to keep moving in faith. Amen. And listen to what God says. God says, I am your God. I am with you. Fear not. I am with you. I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Amen. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. Why? Because I am your God. And Paul reminds us again in Romans that God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear, but he has given to us the spirit of adoption. Amen. I want you to understand, and I see you've been going through the book of Ephesians, and as a church in Reading, we've been doing the same. And God reminds us again and again that we are his people, and because we have been adopted, because we are chosen, because we are called into the hope of our calling, thank God we have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear. God is on our side. In fact, as you face tomorrow, Christ is in you. 
And you have come to understand in the first three chapters of Ephesians the importance of understanding your identity. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Hallelujah. You were this, but now you are light. You are a believer. You are called. You are the elect. You are chosen. You have been redeemed. God is on your side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we need to embrace the love of God, knowing that he is our father, knowing that perfect love has cast out all fear. And so the enemy, he will, he will try to intimidate you. So, so don't live in fear. Yes, live in wisdom. And like here in Plymouth, we in Reading, yes, we still wear our face masks. I don't particularly like the things. But I wear it not because I'm fearful, but I wear it because of wisdom. And I wear it because of you. Romans 14 makes it clear I need to consider you more than what I consider myself. But do not be intimidated. Because God is with you and God holds tomorrow. I love the story of, of David. He was just a, a boy and he was sent by his father to take supplies to his brothers who were fighting at the, the front line of the battle. And this young boy, the last of the pack, <laughs> comes to the battle and he discovers that his brothers and the whole of the army were being intimidated by a giant. And he was disturbed. Why should this giant... Why should this giant paralyze God's people? Why should this giant have control over the situation? And so David uh, makes himself available. We all know the story. His brothers thought he was arrogant. His brothers thought he was just a small little boy bringing supplies. Just go home and look after the sheep. But there were those who were saying that, look, Goliath, he, he, he's too big. He's too big. He's too big to hit. But David had, had a different perspective. David understood his identity. David understood that God was with him. And David said, he's not too big. He's too big to miss. He had a different focus. And thank God for day 41 because day 41 he said this day <laughs> this day God will deliver you into my hands now fear can keep us from our destiny fear can isolate us fear can have an impact upon us not only emotionally but our spiritual lives researchers uh, did a survey discovering what were the top fears that we face. Number 10 was heart attacks, nine dead bodies, thunderstorms, cancer, heights, confined spaces, open spaces, flying. Number two, people. You know what the biggest fear was? Spiders. 
just before March 2020, I had the opportunity in January of that year, not knowing that we were going to face the situation. In fact, uh, flying back with Keith and Barbie Jackson from South Africa, uh, missionaries out there, uh, Barbie and I watched Contagion, uh, the movie on, on, uh, on TV. We didn't realize that in four weeks' time, <laughs> the whole world would just be facing a virus. Uh, but however, when I was there, I was facing, a, uh, sorry, I was visiting a couple that we support, not just Keith and Barbie, but a couple called Defenders, uh, Robin and his wife, Janet. And I had no intentions. Now, I, I know I've come to preach here today, but I will be on a golf course tomorrow. And, uh, but I had no intentions of playing any golf in South Africa. After all, it was a missions trip. I was there to support. I was there to see what was happening. Uh, with different projects. But I discovered where Robin and Janet lived, there was a golf course. And I went over, uh, I arrived on the Wednesday, went over on the Thursday, just walked across, and it was run down a little bit. The greens were okay, but at least you could walk around. And I said, any chance of a game of golf? And they said, yes, come back tomorrow morning, and uh, can you get me clubs? Yeah, no problem, no problem. So I was so excited about uh, Friday morning was a morning off. I was so excited that I was going to get a game of golf here in South Africa. Really excited. Now that Thursday night, we went out for a meal and on the way back, and I remember I was playing golf on the Friday morning. And as we were coming back, I, I, I went through the back door and I, I couldn't understand why the dog was barking and Robin had gone out. And he sorted out what the issue was. And the issue was there, there was a black otter, a very poisonous snake. I had just literally stepped over it. I didn't see it. And then he started telling me about the snakes coming down from the mountains. And I thought, snakes, golf course, don't go too well. I can tell you, I played the best game of golf that Friday because I made sure my ball was down the fairway. I was afraid. I was afraid to go into the rough. I wore long trousers, no shorts. I had a fear, a fear of snakes. In fact, my fear even goes deeper. I have a fear of snails. Don't tell anybody, but snails, yes, those little things. I can remember Amelia chasing me with a snail. And I won't tell you what happened thereafter, but uh, we have fears. We all have fears. Fear can hold us in the grip of our enemy, the fear of rejection, the fear of people, the fear of not being part of the crowd. So let me ask you a question. How do we overcome our fears? You overcome your fear, one, by being secure in who you are, knowing your identity. And that has been emphasized with you, I'm sure, over past weeks on, on Ephesians. You need to understand that you are a child of God. Love, chosen, amen. Hallelujah. So it's not what I, th what I think or what I think. I think other people think of me. It's what God thinks of me. And this I know, God loves me. Hallelujah. God loves me. Secondly, you, you need to rest in God's love. 
Rest in that. So often we can be so worked up about life and about life itself that we miss out on on God's rest, resting in his love. I love what Jude says. Jude says, he said, unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling, amen, and to present you faultless, praise God. Before that, he, he said, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. We know that God keeps us, but we too have a responsibility to keep ourselves. And particularly when we have to do some, something different as a church, I'm concerned about some that we have neglected digging deeper in this crisis in our faith. We have become a little bit complacent uncomfortable, we need to understand we we keep ourselves in the love of God. There's a discipline in in my heart and my spirit that I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Amen. And for those of us watching online, yes, I, I, I pray that God will encourage you and bless you. And here at the church, understand, yes, God will keep you, but we're told that we keep ourselves too in the love of God. The third thing, if we're going to overcome fear, is that we need to stir up the gift of God within us. We should not miss the opportunity before us in this season that we are in. Church, it's not time to be comfortable. It's a matter to stir ourselves up in the opportunity that God has given to us, amen. There is an opportunity out there. Thank God for new technology. In fact, people may be watching all over the world what we're doing in Plymouth. I know they are in Reading and they're doing so here. However, thank God for technology. But let us not become lazy in discovering God's will and doing God's will because God has gifted you. He's gifted you. And so we need to stir ourselves up in God's purpose and what God wants us to do as a church. Not to become comfortable. Young Timothy was quite concerned and anxious that Paul, the the great apostle, was was about to, to, to leave and depart and go to glory. He was a young boy who was going to look after the church. And so Paul wrote to him. He said, look, Timothy, God has not given to you the spirit of fear. He's given to you the spirit of power. Wake up. Come on, shake yourself. And he went on to say, Timothy, stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. And I believe it's a stirring that's needed within the body of Christ. Thank God for the opportunities. We're discovering in ready that because of our online activity, people are joining us. I'm getting more visitors than some of my regular attenders. Praise God. But stir it up. That which God has given to you, stir it up. If you're going to overcome fear, you need to know how valuable you are to God. Simple, isn't it? God loves you. He loves you. 
He loves you with an everlasting love. But when we come to Matthew, and this is what I want to touch on this morning, it's been a long introduction. Matthew chapter 6, I I love this Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus, you can open your Bibles if you have them, because this is what we'll focus on just for a little while, and then I will conclude. David, you haven't told me how long I've got. You know, is it like the golf? Do we go on to the second hole, the third hole, or... David did say that we're looking for the lost tomorrow. That's quite true, but it won't be my lost golf balls. It will be David's. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus said, listen, I want you to hear the word of God. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, do not worry. Come on, are you getting it? Those of you online, are, are you getting it? Do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Listen, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Yes, it is. Our focus is not just on material things. Our focus is not on wealth. Our focus is not on food. We know that life consists more than what we see. Amen. And he said, look to at the birds of the earth. I was in my garden uh, the other day just observing the birds. And I, I, I looked at the birds and I thought, boy, those birds are not worrying. They just come and eat what I put out. They don't toil. They, they, just, they, just, they just eat. Do they worry? No. And Jesus said, do not worry. Look at the birds of the earth, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Of course you are. And which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? I know worrying didn't, didn't do David and I any good. We are the height we are. But that didn't help us. So, Why do you worry about clothing? Why? Consider the lilies of the field. They grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field and which is, which is, sorry, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, listen, therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what we shall wear? He goes on to say, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. I hope you got that. That's the word of God. It's powerful. What I'm about to say now, if you hold on to the word of God, it will change your life. When When you grasp the word of God and understand what Jesus is saying here, you're going to be free from all worry. Amen. You're not going to worry. 
in the sense of where it will paralyze you, where the sense where it will take over your life it becomes darkness. Four times Jesus said here, do not worry. In verse 25, he said, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. And again in verse 27, he said, which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? In verse 31 again, therefore do not worry. And in verse 34, again, he, he, he makes the, the emphasis, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Four times, do not worry. See, the root of all fear is unbelief. The root of all fear is not trusting God. Did you, know, did you know that nothing has taken our God by surprise, even this season that we're in? Because God knows all things. So I trust him with my life. I trust that his goodness and his mercy are coming to me every day, amen. So let me ask you, can you trust God with your life? Can't you? Can you trust him with your future? Maybe you're worrying about unemployment. Maybe you're worrying about work. Maybe you're worrying about university and college and studies. But can you trust God with your future? Can I trust him to look after me and care for me? The Bible says that he who spared not his own son, shall he not freely give us all things? Hallelujah. And the answer is yes, yes, yes. So let me ask the question a different way. Do I know him who holds the future? And maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know God. Yes, you come and worship, but you don't really know God. You don't know God in a personal way. You've never discovered his love. You've never embraced his, his gift of grace. And I pray today that you'd open your life and your heart and say, Lord, I, I, I want you to come into my life. Direct my steps. John Piper, a great, a great writer and a great speaker, and he said that the root cause of anxiety is the failure to trust and to see all that God promised to us in Christ Jesus. And our anxiety and our fear are rooted in our failure to live by faith in future grace. I have faith for tomorrow, hallelujah. I have faith that my God is going to look after me. I don't know what's going to happen, but this I do know, God knows. It's enough. So fight the good fight of faith. And as we embrace a new season, let's not uh, be complacent. Let us not be neglectful of the opportunity before us, but let us come in faith, amen as we fight fear in the name of Jesus. And the promise and the word of God toward me will give me the strength that I need in my life to be the person he wants me to be. Amen.
David said, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. You see, the Bible does not assume that we as believers will have no anxieties. We will. Instead, the Bible tells us how to fight them. And we have to fight them. We can't be complacent. The Bible says, cast all your care, cast all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Listen to what it says. It does not say you will not have anxieties. We need to learn how to fight them. We need to learn how to stand strong. John Piper tells us the story of a guy who's, who's in a road race, track race around fields. The spectators are on the outside. And as he's racing his car in the race, suddenly the spectators start to throw mud. You ever get people throwing mud at you? I certainly have. What do you do? So, suddenly he can't see. Because those on the outside who are not really in the race are starting to throw mud. And his vision is blurred. He, he can't see. So what does he do? He puts the wipers on. Uh, but he still can't see clearly. So what does he have to do? So he puts the wipers on and he, 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 he puts water on the, on, on the windscreen. And the water and the wipers together will give him clear vision. And you know what we need in church, friends, particularly when there is fear and when there's opposition and when the enemy wants to steal what God has planted in our lives, what we need is a clear perspective. What we need is the water of the word and the Holy Spirit making the word alive. Amen. We need both. We need the wipers and we need the water. Piper said when... Anxiety strikes and blurs our vision of God's glory and the greatness of our future. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my future is good. My future is good. Hallelujah. I don't, we know that God has great things planned for us. And if you're going through Ephesians, you have discovered it's the hope of your calling into your rich inheritance. Amen. But when anxiety strikes me and blurs my vision of God's glory and the greatness of the future that he plans for us, we need God's word to remind us, to remind us, to remind us of his promise of our future. So let faith fight. So here in Matthew 6, Jesus rebuked the disciples for lack of faith. Oh, you of little faith. And what he is saying is that the root of their fear is their lack of trust in their heavenly father. But you know, faith is developed when you embrace the word of God. When you embrace his promises, because his promises are yes and amen. God affirms me. And it is developed around a relationship with God whereby I can trust him because he is good. Listen, all the time. 
This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Faith is not something passive, it is active. And I put my faith in his word. I put my faith in his promise. Amen. Faith will fight my fear. And if you're living in fear, you are not fighting in faith because fear is the opposite of faith. You see, fear, someone said fear is the negatives that are developed in a dark room. And maybe you're in a dark place at present. Maybe I'm speaking to one online and you're in a dark room, maybe because of isolation, maybe because of what's happened over past months, maybe because of a relationship issue, you're in a dark room, maybe because of, of sickness that has embraced your life, somehow you're in a dark room. There are others who, who allow negativity to govern their lives that uh, it becomes a stronghold and they can't move in joy and they can't move in peace. Everything they see is negative. Even the bright sunshine is negative. Everything is negative. They can see no good in anything because they're in a dark room. What destroys fear? What destroys negativity? Let the light in. That's all. Let the light in. How do I let the light in? I let the word come into my soul. Amen. I let the light of God's word be applied to my life. I feed upon it. I study it. I meditate upon it. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I let the light in. I use it as a shield. And so when the enemy comes and tries to trip me up, I take the word and I stand on it. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is so good. Ah, David, your pastor can say amen to this. Uh, we would not survive in our calling and fulfill our calling as ministers unless we hear from God. I remember sometime, one of my best friends, after organizing a time with, with uh, Bill Johnson, who came to Reading, and I was so busy and busy, and I said, why didn't you come along? Well, I came along once, and I saw you, but you looked like a fraud up there. I thought, that's a lovely word of encouragement. Thank you very much. And no, I didn't take it, but it did, it did hit me. And I went away some days later, and I thought, God, God, what do you think about me? You know, sometimes we read the word, but we don't take it in. You hear what I'm saying? We read it all the time, but we don't let it become Rima. It's not fighting on our behalf because we're, we're just not, we're too quick. We're not meditating. We're not, we're not in the spirit. See, the spirit and the word need to go together. So I went away to a lovely place outside Reading called Highmore Hall. And I, I, I opened my Bible and I asked God a question. I said, God, what do you think about me? Now remember, I had an attack from the enemy because I was so busy at the weekend and I read Psalm 41, and I said, that's a lovely psalm. <laughs> and I heard the Spirit of God say, read it again. Now remember, I asked the question, God, what do you think about me? And this is what I read. And this I am well pleased with you, because the enemy has not triumphed over you. Hallelujah. 
You see, the Spirit and the Word working together, faith was fighting on my behalf. I need to let the light in. I won't use the word survive because thank God we walk in triumph, but thank God for our calling. We're still here ministering. Why? Because we have allowed the light to come in. God's report. And if you're going to fulfill your destiny and your calling in God and your gifting in God, it's important that you stand on the word of God, not on what other people think about you or what they say about you, but what God has said about you. Amen. It's letting the light in. And Matthew 6 lets the light in, in our soul. It reminds us of who we are and what God has promised. And if we are to live by faith in these promises of of future grace, it will be very hard for anxiety and fear to survive. So here's my advice as as we come to a conclusion, and we Irish ones sometimes Take a little minute to conclude. So in your walk of life, in the fight that you're in, in the war that you're in, in your soul, in the darkness around you, take up the word of God and ask the Spirit for your help and the Spirit's power to lay hold of God's promise for your heart and for the battle you face. Amen. Don't rely on how you feel. Rely totally on what God has said. So have faith in God. Don't allow, don't allow unbelief to have any room in your heart. Jesus, at the end of all this, he said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day of its own trouble. Now, I, I had little difficulty trying to understand what Jesus was trying to say. And when I discovered what Jesus was saying, boy, (laughs) it made me so glad. It made me so happy. I thought, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow, whether I have enough money or not, or whether next week, or what happens next month or next year. I don't need to worry. Because sufficient for the day of its own trouble. I said, what's Jesus trying to say? What does he mean? Don't be anxious about tomorrow because sufficient for the day of its own trouble. What he means is today's mercy that God gives me for today. When I woke up today, you know what God did? He poured into my bowl mercy and grace for today. Hallelujah. He knows exactly what's going to happen to me today. He knows exactly what I'm going to face today. And so when I woke up, what does God do? He pours into my bowl the mercy and the grace and the strength and the power that I need for today. Every morning. And so I live on God day by day. Or I don't live on God day by day. Because tomorrow, tomorrow will come and tomorrow's grace (laughs) and I might need tomorrow's grace if I lose to your pastor but tomorrow's grace will be enough for tomorrow and the next day whatever happens the next day it's going to be sufficient so why on earth should I worry about what may happen tomorrow or Wednesday or next week because when that day comes 
God will give me new grace, new mercies every day. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you get that? So why do I worry about tomorrow? Because tomorrow's not here yet. All I need today is enough faith that tomorrow's grace will be sufficient. So why worry? Don't we pray, give us this day our daily bread? So do not doubt and say you have no more strength. So tomorrow it will be impossible for me to live. John Piper again said, he said, you do not, you will not be asked to live tomorrow on today's strength. What you need today, listen, is not tomorrow's strength, but today's faith that tomorrow's mercies will be new and will be enough. <laughs> Amen. That's all I need. All I need is that his mercy, his grace is sufficient for tomorrow. I don't need tomorrow's strength today. I just need faith that tomorrow will look after itself. Day by day. Praise God. So part of today's mercy is the ability to trust that there will be sufficient mercy for tomorrow. What's that song that we sing? It's based in Lamentations. Great is your faithfulness. Why? Through, though the Lord's mercies are not consumed because his compassions, listen, his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So church, let us wake up. Let faith arise in our hearts. The psalmist said that the man who feeds his heart on the record of what God has done in the past will never worry about the future. Psalm 42, 6. Let faith arise. Maybe you're at home at watching. And maybe there's fear. There's anxiety. Let faith arise. Maybe you're at home and you don't know the Lord. You don't know him in a personal way. Why don't you just ask God to come into your heart? Let's just pray together. I'm going to make a prayer. Maybe I'm speaking to one here this morning, here in the building, or maybe one online, and you don't know God. You're living in fear, but you don't have any kind of faith. Today can be a starting point for you. Today, all you need to do is call on God. All you need to do is to call on his name. The Bible says that when we call on him, we shall be saved. And you can know God's peace. You can know eternal life just by calling. And if you're watching online, if you're here at the church, just call on him right now. Call. Say, make a prayer like this. Lord God. I come to you today and I acknowledge my need of you. I turn around 
I want to follow you with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. Today, I receive your gift of forgiveness. Today, I receive your gift of eternal life. Come into my life. And let me embrace your love for me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, please get in touch with the team here at church. Email us. We'd love to know and love to send you some literature. But I want us to stand. Let's just stand and feel the presence of God. Rachel and the team are just going to lead us. But as we stand together, let the word go out. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I ask, are you living in fear, we'd all put our hands up. I've had seasons of, of doubt, seasons of fear, seasons of darkness. We've all had those. But maybe you're in the midst of a season and you're gripped in darkness. And God has, said, God has reminded you this morning how, how greatly he loves you. And maybe you need to be reminded again that you were darkness, but you are now. Listen, you were, but you are now a child of light. And if that's you, your, your destiny seems to be hindered because of the negativity in your life. Your destiny and your calling seems to be hindered because of, of what you've allowed to happen in, in past months. And the enemy has taken a grip of you. And there's darkness, and there's darkness, and he's taking control of how you feel. He's taking control of your destiny. He won't destroy it, but he will, he will delay it. If that's you this morning, just, just put your hand up in worship and say, yes, God. I'm not going to let fear govern my life anymore. I'm not going to let anxiety paralyze me. I'm not going to let darkness engulf me. I'm going to trust your word. And as your word has come into my heart this morning, I pray right now it will generate faith in the name of Jesus. And just as we lift our hands in acknowledgement and say, God, we have a need, we're praying that the Spirit of God right now would just come. Amen. Come wherever you are. Maybe you're at home. And just bring peace to you. Bring joy to you. Bring a new direction. Maybe you need to forgive someone, then bring forgiveness, amen. Maybe there's a relationship needs to be restored. He will restore that right now in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're unemployed and there's that fear that you, you don't know, you're, you're calling, you don't know what's going to happen with, with the workplace. And God says to you, I'm in control. So as we lift our hands in acknowledgement, let's, let the Spirit come upon you. Amen. The Word has come. Let the Spirit now come. And bring the Word. Bring life. Bring healing. Amen. Bring restoration. Praise God. Oh, in a moment, Rachel's going to lead us in worship. Now, part of our worship is our response to God. Amen. And as you worship Him, apply the Word to your heart and say, God, I'm taking your Word. I'm going to stand on your Word. I will triumph in the works of your hands. Amen. I will walk by faith. I have, have overcome the world by my faith in you. So Lord, I, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that right now peace and joy will be restored to your people, Lord. God, if there's individuals who are living in darkness, we pray right now, let the light in. Let the light in. Let the light in. That the word will, will 
break that negativity. And God, we will live in faith and we will not abound in fear because we are your people, oh God. We are your people. So bless your people in the name of Jesus. Amen.